0: starting your own private medical practice can be the most exciting and rewarding thing you'll ever do in your career but at the same time it can be so daunting where do you start and how that's why gentem health put together the podcast series journey to private practice where we document and interview entrepreneurs clinicians investors and the best in the industry to bring you actionable insights as how to start grow and scale your private practice with insights tailored just for you and actionable links in the notes this is the Journey to Private Practice. Hey
1: everyone, Omar M. Khatib here, Head of Growth at Gentem Health with another fantastic episode of Journey to Private Practice. I'm joined by a wonderful person, somebody that we're very lucky to have as a partner here at Gentem, and that's Tracy Penuniri. Did I pronounce that correctly?
2: You
1: said it perfectly. Perfect. Perfect. Who's uh, not only a clinician and a therapist, but also the CEO of Mountain View Family Therapy. She has a fantastic story, not only specifically from a clinician standpoint, but for every therapist that's out there who's thought, you know, I really want to get to private practice, um, but how do I do it? Should I do it? Right? Tracy is that uh, person who can really share that that journey with us. So Tracy, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me. It's really an honor to be here.
1: Absolutely. Trishy. you know, simple question to kind of start, but tell us your story. You know, uh, what what's what's your origin story?
2: Oh, that is a that there's a short answer and a long answer to that question. Um, (laughs) But really, you know, I I remember as a kid thinking about people in my life who had a good influence on me, teachers and other adults, and uh, and I was always pulled toward um, the helping professions. and so. Um, when I started my college career, I thought I would uh, venture into international relations for a minute because I'm bilingual, I speak Spanish and love love everything about, about Hispanic culture. Um, and uh, yeah, it didn't go very well that first international relations class and reminded me, he- no, I'm, I'm a therapist at heart. I'm a social service, I'm a social service worker person. So I quickly moved back into the the, the uh, major that I was really supposed to be in, that I was meant to be in from the beginning, and things were a lot better from that point on.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. And so when you when you first started practicing, you know, wh- wh- where were you? Like, what I guess what specifically were you doing, and what prompted you to say, you know what, I want to start my own practice. I want to go into private practice. What did what did that look like?
2: You know, I. I it's interesting um, coming from a clinical social work background, which is what my degree is. Um, you know, in our field, it, it has traditionally been um, discouraged a little bit to go into private practice. It's seen more as a as a, a goal focused on finances as opposed to focused on, you know, the, the good of helping people. And um, I have really appreciated the last few years, the shift we've kind of started making there. Um, so, as a clinician, like most clinicians, when I started my professional career, it was mostly agency based. So I was working for other people um, in hospitals or in school you know school districts or in foster care, or I worked in adoption for a while. Um, lots of different things. And um, over time, I just started to realize that you know there are some limitations in that. Um, it, your schedules limited, first of all, when you can work um you have a lot of limitations on policies and procedures and the way you provide services and and i really wanted to to kind of put my own flair on things right i started to see some things that i felt like I, were strengths for me and i wanted to be able to to share that with my clients and um sometimes that was limited in an agency environment so um so i had a lot of encouragement from family over the years saying, you know tracy you really should do this on your own and um, of course i had that giant fear that a lot of people do and we're talking about becoming an entrepreneur and stepping out into the unknown um but finally decided to give it a shot and um that was that was a few years ago and i started to work on my own as an individual private practitioner and uh, when you're in private practice with yourself you learn really quickly in this industry that um you can only do so much there's only one of you i only had so many hours a week that i could see clients at an hour of time that adds up really quickly you run out of time fast and you get to a point where there's more people waiting at the door to come in and there's no there are no hours to give them so that's when i decided to make the move into
1: group private practice a few years ago that makes complete sense and you know this this theme around i guess shame right you know shame shame is a great project killer that prevents people from doing things and so especially when it comes from your peers, right, which is like, oh, if you do anything that it seems to be financially motivated, you're a bad person. So when, when you're overcoming that kind of obstacle, mm-hmm. aside from your friends and family, was there anybody in your, like, did you have like a, you know, and I guess maybe I'm asking more specifically for, for that therapist out there who's listening to this. You know, what's that support group look like? I mean, did you have a mentor? You know, how do you do that? Because it's, it's really hard to overcome that.
2: You know that is um, that's such an important consideration, and and I think it's maybe one of the main reasons why it is such a struggle um, in in my, in the arena that I come from for people to launch out into private practice because there really isn't a person that's that, that guidepost for you, right? So, absolutely, one of the biggest deciding factors for me in in actually making the jump to to move forward with the plan was seeing peers who were successfully in private practice. And starting to, to talk with them and connect with them, um, you know, even though it, it, traditionally in, in clinical mental health, it's not an area where we get any training at all in graduate school. Not not a class, not a seminar, nothing on, on how to become a business person. Um, and so moving into private practice, that's a huge, um, that's a huge crutch for us. So absolutely noticing other people in the community connecting with them, you know, we're at the biggest advantage I think ever right now in that we have this electronic opportunity where we can connect with different groups and support entities throughout um, the digital space. Right. And uh, so, yeah, definitely connecting with other private practice owners who are already doing it uh, and trying to learn some of the ropes from them is, is, is a really smart way to get started.
0: Hey, podcast listeners, let's take a quick break. And if you're a therapist in private practice, you're gonna wanna listen to this very carefully because this is gonna hit really close to home. Anyone in private practice will tell you that the key to having a successful, thriving practice is being able to focus your time and energy 100% to helping patients. It sounds simple, right, but it's not easy, especially coming out of the 2020 lockdown because with bills piling up, business being behind, right? Your mind is occupied with all the headaches that come with running a private practice. Things like submitting claims, managing your accounts receivables, dealing with insurance companies and denials, right? All of this just to get reimbursed and paid in time and full. You did not go into practice to deal with this, right? It's frustrating, it's exhausting, It doesn't have to be this way. That's why so many therapists have turned to Gentem as a trusted partner to help their practice grow and thrive. So Gentem is one part technology one part tech enabled service so on the technology side it's an easy to use platform that not only automates your billing process but also pays you up front for insurance claims because that's what a true partner does they have skin in the game and through our platform you have complete transparency into the data and reports to see how well we're performing gentem can handle all payer interactions including denials and appeals to attain the highest possible reimbursements and on our service side We're backed by a team of certified billers, revenue cycle managers, and coders throughout the country. And with a world-class customer success team, your practice will have access to a team of experts through either our platform or even the recurring meetings where you are figuring out strategically how to maximize your practice revenue and growth. If there's one group of people that loves Gentem more than the therapists and practice owners, it's the internal team. So whether it's your office manager or biller, they're empowered now with technology and a great team to do the best work. And for those therapists that are in growth mode with their practice, that are looking to hire more staff, maybe build a facility or even invest in new technology, Gentem has you covered there. And unlike traditional financing through a bank where you deal with a complicated application, a really high interest loan, not to mention people who just don't understand your business as a clinician. So don't waste another day where you're worrying about how much or when you're going to get reimbursed by payers and instead focus that time and energy where it matters most, which is helping patients. So take action now and follow the same advice you give your patients, which is to follow the guidance of experts and take action now. So head over to gentem.com forward slash therapy podcast and claim your free offer. We'll do a free medical billing and reimbursement assessment benchmarking against national database to show you how well your practice is performing and where it can improve. Plus our team will show you what gen 10 products make sense for your practice at this point in time. Now let's get back to the show.
1: That's a great, you know, it's such a simple piece of advice, but it's such a great piece of advice, which is if you're looking to do something, you know, you're already going to be surrounded by people who may be naysayers who might make you, you know, you know, second guess yourself. But I think that, that fear, you know, I guess it never really goes away. It doesn't get smaller. So the only way to overcome it, it sounds like is just surround yourself with people who have done it, who are going to encourage you and say, Hey, like you're going to get told, like you're crazy. You're going to be told that you shouldn't do this and everything. Like this is what you should do. And that, that's such great piece of advice. Where did you find people like that? I mean, was it on LinkedIn? Was it on Facebook? Um where where did you start to find people like that?
2: Yeah. So all of the above for sure. Um and definitely, you know, don't don't discount the opportunity in in your community as well. Um you know, that that's another I, I don't know, another myth in our industry that if there are other clinicians in private practice in our area, they are our mortal enemies because they're competition, right? And wow, I mean, this is a field where unfortunately there is an unlimited amount of business mental health is something that all of us are impacted by and the more that we break those stigmas down the the, honestly the more opportunity there is for someone to go into private practice and my my goal is to be out of a job honestly i want to not have to have anyone need to have mental health services that that's the ultimate goal but unfortunately we live in a world that's super super stressful and every day there are more stressors and there's so much that's put on our shoulders in in trying to live our lives and trying to move forward and so um i think the sooner we find we realize and figure out that um it's a lot easier to do that with the help of others than it is to do it on our own um the easier it gets for us and that's true in private practice as well so reaching out to local private practitioners who are in your community can be an awesome resource because they're already doing it where you want to do it they're already having success where you want to have success and instead of looking at them as competition looking at them as collaborators as partners um, can be amazing again at the end of the day you're only going to be able to grow as big as you want to grow and as you allow yourself to grow so there are going to be plenty of times when you need to make referrals and those referrals need to be local most of the time so so having a good network there is great and then moving into Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, there are great, great, great networks of therapists who have joined together based on specific interests. You know, what type of clients do you want to treat? Um, what kind type of industry do you want to be in? Um, there's so much. You know, when we think about mental health, especially from outside of the the world of mental health, we often think of it as just okay, depression, anxiety. You know, people are struggling with life transitions, but there are there are mental health therapists and specialists who work with um, high performance athletes and that's their specialty. There are clinicians who work with um, birth trauma. There are clinicians who work with adoption, who work with corporate, you know, corporate individuals who are moving up the ladder and who have high stress positions and need someone to support them specifically in those tasks. So you can become as specialized or generalized as you want to become and, and, um, and linking in with other like-minded practitioners is one of the best ways to get things rolling.
1: No, that makes complete sense. And, you know, it's funny, you know, b- before I, I uh, got on the call with you like this weekend, so my father is, a, is a, was a surgeon in private practice and I was trying to think about some great questions to ask. And I asked him about when he first started in private practice, what it was like in, back in the 70s. And he said, yeah, he's like, I went to this new city. I didn't know anybody and I just went around introducing myself to everybody, including other general surgeons. And he said that surprisingly, the people who wanted him to succeed the most to send him the referrals and everything were other general surgeons, which he w- he thought would have been like the, com- the competition, but they send it to him because like there's plenty of business for everybody. And they said, hey, we want you to succeed. And I think it's the same thing that you just stated right now. And it's funny that like in the world of mental health, you know, a big theme is vulnerability, right? You want vulnerability from your patients to say, hey, like you should ask for help. You should open up, you should be vulnerable. And I think it's the same thing that it goes for an aspiring uh, 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 therapist to go into private practice, which is to be vulnerable and reach out and say, hey, I need help, can you help me? And I, and I think a lot of people would be surprised that so many of the entrepreneurs and, and, and private practitioners like yourself were in those same shoes and it's like you're helping yourself from the past, right?
2: I love that, absolutely. Um, really, you're, what, you just hit the nail on the head big time. I mean, the whole theme of vulnerability, uh, man, I, I've rarely felt more vulnerable than when I decided to actually take these big steps and launch out into private practice. Um, it is a huge area of vulnerability when you're doing something that you're completely uncertain about. You know that you have a dream, you have a passion, um, but that's all, you know, <laughs> really. And so, um, yeah, what a great way for us to, to really be an example of what we try to teach to our clients every day, that, wow, you, you don't have, we don't have to be held back because maybe we don't have all the pieces of the puzzle yet that we can move forward and that there will be a lot of people, a lot of people around us if we, if we give them the opportunity locally and digitally, you know, who are willing to, to step in and help fill in some of those gaps. And I've certainly had that experience over and over again from unpaid mentors, people who are just in communities that I'm a part of, to actually hiring other clinicians who've been successful and who have some skills that I want to acquire, right? Um, it, it just, there are so many ways that we can shorten that path toward what our ultimate goal is which is having a successful practice and being able to serve the people in our communities who are hurting.
1: Absolutely. So so let me ask you this so so for the therapists who are listening right now there there's I'm sure there's plenty of them who are thinking okay I'm ready to get into private practice. What are the first like few steps that are really key for them to just get started, you know, in in the private practice world? What what are the what are the the, the key things? I think those first key steps Getting them down are so important because then it starts, you know, snowballing from there. But what are the first key steps if if I'm a therapist and I say, Okay, Tracy, I really want to get into private practice. I'm ready to go tomorrow. Like what do I do first?
2: Yeah, you know, I mean that that can be the that can be the deal breaker, right? We start making that list in our head of what what are the things I need to do and it becomes overwhelming and And it gets scary and a lot of us turn back at that point and understandably so it's a lot to think about but the truth is starting uh starting in private practice there are some basic things that need to happen at the beginning um the first one we've kind of touched on already and that would be my my biggest recommendation would be to find someone who is in that arena and and connect with them mentorship is so so important especially in this field where we don't have um necessarily a manual that we can just read and go this is how you do private practice um really talk with with connect with some other providers in the area um the second thing i would say is to to start looking at the basics so the basics are going to be where what type of where are you going to practice are you going to be in an office somewhere are you envisioning a telehealth practice where you just work from home, you know, looking at that solidifying kind of that piece of it. If if you're going to be doing in office work, which is what we do at Mountain View Family Therapy, we do a combination of both. Um, What we do with, with that is, is you know we 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 look at you know where do we want to be what communities do we want to be in we work with a lot of children and teens at our agency so we really wanted to be in an area where there's a lot of there's a high population of children and teens right so so you may want to just start considering some of those things what what area do you want to be in then then the the third thing i would say in the basics of getting started is is um is a part that can be really overwhelming for people and again this goes back to the business side of things Where do I get, what do I need for a business license? You know, what do I need for insurance? Those kinds of things. Again, if you can talk to someone who's doing it, they're gonna direct you and it's gonna be super simple. But you can also connect with your local um, Chamber of Commerce um, and find out a little bit more. For our city where our main office is located, um, they require a business license, but they don't charge for it. So it's free and it's super simple, but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't know where to look. So, So making those connections first you really don't have to do a lot of things to get started in private practice. Um, The more we let that list grow, um, the more more overwhelmed we can start to feel, and the less likely it is that we're gonna move in the direction of our dream because we're gonna feel scared. We're gonna have that shame and the worry and all of those feelings that come up. So keeping it simple, I think, is key. So, So really, I would say partner, partner with someone in your community, someone that you can connect with, or someone digitally that you feel is doing what you want to be doing um look at where where do you want to practice what type of practice do you want to have and then connect with the business entity in your area whether that's your city government whether that's the chamber of commerce those three things really are going to get you really they could get you actually started seeing clients right away so there's not a big process that you need to go through Um, there there are a few other steps that can get filled in but if you do those three i think you're going to cover the bases
1: I love that. I love that. And just, you know, I'm going to shamelessly plug it in. I know that uh, we're going to be doing a webinar with you probably later later uh, uh, in the next month or so. So we'll make sure that all the listeners uh, know about that. We're still figuring that out. But, you know, just to kind of, I want to I wanna reemphasize what you just said for the listeners, especially those who are ready to get into it. I totally agree. When you look at it as a mountain of things to do, you, you just get turned off. It's like, uh, you know, some people I know who are, who are want to start getting into uh, fitness and exercising. If you start thinking about, like, the gym membership and then going there and then what exercises am I going to do, which, like, then you're just like, I'm not going to do it. And sometimes it's as simple as, well, you know what, just make a commitment that tomorrow you're going to wake up and just do, like, 10 push-ups and maybe walk around the house for 10 minutes. That's it. Just get started, right? And then find a buddy. So I think for the therapists who are listening, I just want to... Uh, uh, restate what you just said, which is number one, figure out what kind of practice you want to have. And number two, just search in your area and reach out to that person who has that practice and just say, hey, my name is so-and-so. I really admire your practice and what you do. I would like to have, you know, start a practice myself. Can I talk to you over the phone and just interview and just get some advice? That's it. I think people, you know, underestimate how how simple it is, which is you just have to ask someone, hey, I need help, can I get some advice? And people get on the phone. So I, I would tell everyone that's follow Tracy's recommendation. Figure out what you wanna do, and then just ask for help locally. So let's, let's take it a step further. So you mentioned, you know, especially as an entrepreneur, and this is where a lot of clinicians, whether they're surgeons or therapists or doctors or physical therapists, they mess up, which is they try and do everything by themselves. At what point in your practice did the light bulb go off and you say, I need to hire help, and who did you hire, and why?
2: This is such an important topic, um, and I, you know, I, I've always been a firm believer that no one gets to the top alone. Um, it really is a lot of people lifting you, supporting you, that gets you there. And especially for those clinicians who are coming into this with a big dream, that's the kind of clinician I was. I thought, you know, I want to be able to, to I want to be able to help everyone. Um, you know, sometimes we have to, we have to tear that down a little bit, but, but the great thing about being in social services is every single day we get the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. I mean, it is, it's serious business, right? Um, so if you're one of those people who had that big dream, please, please, please don't forget that no one gets to the top on their own ever. So the sooner, the sooner you can start pulling in help and support the faster you're going to grow. And and that's that's just good business sense, right? But again, when we're coming from our clinical background where we don't get a lot of training in business or none, in my case, um, it it sometimes takes us longer than it would because we're we're not aware of the process. But um, for me, right off the bat, it was not optional to have office staff. I needed to have a strong admin team and i would encourage anyone in private practice to really consider that you know we often especially without having the business background um for me i often looked at an expense as this horrible terrible thing that i shouldn't be doing and that it was going to it was going to uh, slow down my progress it was going to cause my business to fail and the truth of the matter is it's the opposite it's exactly the opposite the more my clients have an interaction with an, an amazing admin team that is answering the phones, that's responding to emails, that's connecting with them, that's helping them verify their insurance benefits, that's creating this environment of the culture and the brand that I want my company to represent, um, the faster my business grows. So, so it starts with that, you know, basic inside your office team. What does that look like? From who's, who's your phone support? Who's your internet support? You know, you may just have your laptop, which this is how I did business for a long time. my trusty laptop and my phone, my cell phone and my clients. And that was pretty much it. But very quickly, you'll find that, that that's not sufficient. So the sooner you can start outsourcing, um, a couple of things are going to happen. First of all, it's going to open your your growth potential exponentially the number of clients you can see when you're not spending your time scheduling and handling insurance benefits and and doing some of these other things um the more time you're going to have to actually meet with clients which is which is what the business is about right or the more time you're going to have to start focusing on the growing the business side so so that that's i mean absolutely a necessity very as soon as possible i would say before long before you think you're able and have the finances to do it is really when you should be doing it. You know, for example, as my business has grown over the last few years, um, one of the things, one of the areas we noticed we were spending a lot of time and resources on was billing. And billing is something, again, no experience whatsoever coming from a clinical field, no knowledge or information on it, no training. (laughs) So it's a huge learning curve. And I found out the hard way by having a lot of months of accounts receivable just waiting in the wings when you can't grow at the rate you want to. So, you know, when you're
3: looking at those numbers and you want to grow financially for us, when we had a lot of accounts kind of in the wings that we were waiting to be collected on, that stifled everything about the business. It made it so that clients weren't very happy because they, they had unpaid accounts that they thought were being resolved with insurance or they were, you know, they're waiting to pay. Um, That was another piece of, of, um, of the practice for me that, Wow, was not my favorite. My, my clients would come in early on every single week and they'd say, Tracy, so um, I haven't given you any co-pays for a while. You ready for me to go ahead and take care of that? And I'd say, oh, no, don't worry about it. We'll get to that. We'll get around to it. Don't worry. Because for me, money, associating money with clients was very taboo. And that was very trained in my head from my schooling that we we should be helping people because of the goodness of our hearts, not because of finances. But guess what? When I'm not collecting from my clients, I, I can't pay the light bill, theirs or mine, the one of my office or my house, right? Um, I can't have the internet service that allows me to be able to complete my records and all the other side. I can't, I don't have a scheduling platform. I don't have phone access. So that created, even though for me, I wanted to be able to serve my clients and not charge them, um, it, it all has to come around at, one, at some point. So so for us, luckily, you know that came to um, being able to, about a year ago almost, par- start to partner with Gentum and have a, a designated billing company. And I gotta tell you, it is one of the best things I've ever done for my business. Our accounts receivable have never looked better. The, the funds come in every single month consistently, quickly, My clients don't have questions or concerns about their accounts. And so they're able to focus on what they're coming to therapy for. And I'm able to focus on helping them with that. Um, So, you know, the one thing I've learned about outsourcing for sure is that if, again, if you are a big minded person, if you have that big goal and that plan for wanting things to just be amazing, you got to do it with the help of others you've got to reach out to others and why not reach out to the people who know what they're doing and who are the experts in their field. That's when you can do that, the sky's the limit really, truly in this business, maybe in any business, but in this business, for sure, the sky's the limit when you, when you partner with experts.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you know, Gentem being a Silicon Valley company, you know, we're, we're, you know, pretty cutting edge on a lot of things, but we, we, we partner with outsourced uh, companies all the time. I mean, look, for me, I'm the head of growth and marketing. I don't do all everything in house. I need help, so I actually have a growth agency who helps me because, a, they're they it's something that they do and they're more experts on, right? And and they do it all the time. And b, the, and this is the theme of what you were saying. They do something that I don't need to be spending all my time on. I don't need to spend my time managing all these little little things. So they they help me buy back my time. And you know, there's um, Dr. Brent Lacey. He's a physician with a blog and podcast called the scope of practice. I, I actually, I feel like you'd be a great guest for, that, for him as, as well, but we just interviewed him. And one of the things he talked about, the number one mistake that private practice owners make is not thinking about time. And he mentioned like just in the office, you know, for a week, you should take inventory and tell your staff, Hey, record everything. We're wasting time on, and you'll find all kinds of things you're spending all this time on. And if you think, you know, you can figure out what your uh, hourly rate is and say, we spend, I don't know, four hours this week answering the phone or doing this one little task, is that worth like X amount of money? Like, no, we should outsource that. And I think that people, they think, you know, they they immediately see like, oh, this is a cost, this is a cost. But the thing that they don't realize because there's no bank account for time is how much time you're wasting. So until you record that down and you see, oh my God, I'm spending like 15 hours a week doing this one task. Why, you know, I should just pay the $100 a month to have this done somewhere else, right? And I think that's such an important thing, which is, taking an inventory of time.
3: You're right, you know, and, and for me, when it came to specifically billing, which is one of the largest pieces of a medical practice, it is very time consuming. It, it requires a lot of specialized knowledge. Um, it, it, it takes multiple steps. It rarely is very smooth when you're starting with it.
0: Absolutely, Tracy. Well, look, we want to be very uh, uh, gracious with your time. Thank you so much for taking time uh, today to just join us and definitely we're going to have you back. All right. Thank you all for listening. This is another episode of
1: Journey to Private Practice.